From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 757, Productivity in 2021, with guest Ulrika Hedlund. Recorded Monday, November 30th, 2020. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts, LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Ulrika Hedlund, who is a tech entrepreneur with a passion for technology and storytelling. She is the founder and managing director of StoryAls, an ed tech startup with a modern subscription-based solution to help organizations inspire, motivate, and educate users on how to effectively use technology through video-based storytelling. And Ulrika is a frequent blogger, public speaker, and an active spokesperson for women in IT. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Glad, glad to have you on. And this, you know, area of conversation of, the, uh, of what it means to to be great at, in modern productivity. I, I just, it's always a question of what's the difference between old style productivity and modern productivity. Like, I don't know how you discern the difference. Well, how do you describe it? Well, I've been passionate about productivity for a very, very long time. I don't know if you remember, but before it was called Microsoft 365, right. and even before Office 365, mm-hmm. it was called Business Productivity Online Services. Oh, B-Pause. right. BPOS. <laughs> BPOS. Yeah. So, and for us in I've, IT, BPOS was the grand experiment, right? Like Microsoft made all their mistakes there. They learned how to do cloud in the back of <laughs> BPOS. I had a couple yeah, customers in that. Yeah, and that's what I that. learned. I actually founded a company called Business Productivity that would work with helping organizations increase their business productivity with BPOS. Right. Uh, but then I learned the lesson of nev- never, ever naming a company based on something that Microsoft does because they change <laughs> names all the time. All the time. Yeah. And we're perpetually like, what's it called now? Or is it something else? (laughs) But again, going back to your question, Mm -hmm. how do I define um, productivity? Uh, It really is about leveraging technology and, you know, achieving more. No matter what it is that you do, but really working smarter, not harder necessarily, but working smarter and getting more value out of the the technology that you've invested in. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, well... We've had nine months of radical business change, it seems, you know, coming into 2021. This was not my plan at the beginning of 2020. I thought, ah, new decade, we're going to talk about some things. And then COVID overwhelmed all conversations, for better or worse. So what state do you see your customers in? Did they change a lot in the past few months and and did that impact their productivity? Well, if you look at our business Mm -hmm. and our area of focus, which is sometimes called adoption. Uh, More has happened uh, the past year than, you know, five or 10 years within within this uh, area. People have been forced to use these tools. Um, But I try to tell, especially IT people as well, that it's not enough. Being forced to use these tools, this forced adoption is a good way to show people that it works. But now taking that step and really now making people more productive and having them uh, fully leverage the tools and increasing their productivity, that's the work that starts now. And that's something that you have to invest in because it doesn't just happen automatically. 
I mean, in theory, we've invested to make the move in the first place, but I, I do get the sense that we invested the minimum. Just get them over onto M365 or up into the cloud or over the VPN, like whatever it took to get folks operational again when we all suddenly had to work from home. But I, I still yeah, wanted to... For oh, sure. I, I mean, again, what happened with COVID was that a lot of organizations were just, you know, forced to start using uh, this technology. Mm-hmm. And even in the part of the world where I live, so I live in the Middle East, and here, relationships and meeting face-to-face is super important. Sure. And before the pandemic... I often heard that, no, 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 we cannot have online meetings or no, 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 you cannot uh, uh, deliver trainings online or pre-recorded. Everything has to be in person. Well, after COVID and after lockdown, this has proved not to be true. Still, relationships are built, meeting face-to-face, but a lot of the things, and especially building digital skills and training, can absolutely be done online. So do you, yeah, of course, every time you say force, it's like, we will go back someday. And I don't know that that's true, that we, no. we, we've been no, pushed no. to do this. <laughs> I, I also had the sense it's like, th- these items were on our to-do list, but they were not priority items. And then suddenly they became priority items. So we reshuffled our priorities too. But now that we're here, I guess we're not leaving. We might as well get good at it. Absolutely. We need to get good at it, but we also need to see that there's going to be a change. It won't be as radical. It's not going to be that all of your meetings will be online. Sure. But I think we will really see a way where we cherish uh, the time that we have together in person much more. And sure. we will use it for other things. So those types of meetings, we will use it for relationship building. We will use it for more in-depth brainstorming. Uh, but we will not use that time and those forums for things that you could do even better digitally and online. It's, it's an interesting point. And you know, I feel like folks hit a saturation point with the number of online meetings they were doing that I, I recently had a set of emails where someone was planning a meeting and I was sort of tertiary. I was in the CC list on that. But the person they were talking to directly said, asked for an agenda, like they wanted to be know exactly what was in the meeting. And when the agenda was produced, said, if I agree to this, this and this, do we still have to have the meeting? They're like, no, if you're good with that, we'll just go ahead. It's like, great, meeting, you know, let's not have that meeting then, moving on. Like, we are a little meeting saturated. Absolutely. There are so many online meetings that actually don't have to be meetings. And this is also something that we coach uh, people or, or our users in, is that think through, does this really need to be a meeting? Perhaps you can have a meeting with yourself, record it, and then share it instead. Maybe you don't have. It, maybe it doesn't have to be in real time. So we're, we're having a whole new um, experience with different types of meetings for sure. And also, I mean, generally different ways to communicate. Like it, it did seem like for a while there, email was kind of gauche, right? Like he, the only thing you send over email is that there's donuts in the coffee room. That the conversations happen in Teams or Slack or, you know, whatever your chat tool of choice is rather than on email. Now it almost feels like these past few months have pushed us back to this could have been a meeting, but instead of making a meeting now, it's a couple of emails and we agree and then it's over. I agree with you. Uh, What I do want to say, though, in the usage of other types of communication like Teams and Slack is that... A lot of people don't know how to use them effectively. 
to communicate properly. And is that a is that a technical question? I guess it's, it's like they don't know how to use the tool or they don't understand the etiquette of it. Well, both. Okay. Right. So, I mean, just a simple, simple example. And again, since we work with Microsoft 365, it's Teams that I'm, you know, the expert in. Sure. And I was speaking to this um, IT guy and he was like, you know, you can't teach me anything new in Teams. And, uh, you know, I said something about, you know, how important it is with the subject and, you know, really to visualize your messages. And he's like, what? Subject field in Teams? You can have a subject line? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, open the format, you know, bar. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, so th there are still about, you know, things that you need to know uh, using the tool. But then it's the whole kind of business etiquette. Right. And I tell users, and especially business leaders, that if you're going to move away from email for your, you know, your teams and internal communication, and you're going to use only Microsoft Teams, there are so many things that you need to know about in how, first of all, the, the, the product is structured, how you structure your teams, how you structure channels. Mm -hmm. It's like building an architecture almost with house and a digital office with different rooms. You also need to understand, well, you know, what happens if I want to move this room from one house to another house? Or what if I want to make this a, a private channel? I want to lock the door. Mm -hmm. Well, then you need to understand the, the the technology behind it and what you can do and what you cannot do. So that's part of it. But the other one is also, how do you use technology as a good manager to, uh, um, you know, to uh, stay connected with your team mm -hmm. uh, to properly visualize strategic goals and follow up. Uh, and just like we spoke about before, Richard, do we need to have a meeting for all of this? No, right. we don't. Perhaps we just, you know, agree on this. And what do we actually mean with these expressions in Teams? What does the thumbs up mean? Right. I've had <laughs> I've had conversations with users that, like, I'm so confused. Like, what do you mean with a thumbs up? Does it mean confirmed by Buy it, uh, go ahead. Uh, how do you know what it? It just means that perhaps I've read it or acknowledged. Right. I'll look into it. So these are also things that we um, talk about in our digital coaching. Is that this is a whole new way of communicating, and as a team leader. You need to be aware and your whole team has to have a common language. What is it that we mean? Um, what does the heart mean? It does not right. mean anything inappropriate. <laughs> it yeah. just means, you know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to, to really think through that. And it, uh, part of the challenge here, I wonder, is that you also have your informal, like, family conversations over the Zooms and such. Emojis are already flowing. So the idea that we have business emojis and at-home emojis is kind of important, too. That a thumbs up means something different when it comes from your kids in a chat about dinner versus a thumbs up from your CTO about a technical decision. And the really important is it's not just the family and the business kind of um gap that you need to look at. Mm -hmm. It's also when we look at uh, generations. Okay. So for the first time, we have five different generations. Now, I always forget what they're called, but, you know, mm -hmm. we have everything from the, you know, Generation Z, we have the millennials, you know, we have five different generations. Um, and the way we communicate between these generations is completely different, sure. right? So in, in our organization, we were pretty good using, you know, the thumbs up, but we didn't use the heart. 
And then uh, in comes our, you know, uh, a new employee. She's 22 years old and she just starts spreading hearts everywhere. And it's lovely. <laughs> it's really nice. And then it's like, well, you know, I guess this is the way we communicate now. And now we have people spreading hearts all over and, you know, and gifts. And it's just, it's a more fun way of working. But this is also something, it has to do with a culture. What kind mm-hmm. of culture are you building? And also, how do you replace the in-office, in-person experiences with the digital experiences. Uh, and yes. if you want to do that, you need to be able to express yourself in new ways. I And, the, I mean, of course, the reality of the workplace is this formal communication is informal communication. You know, in someone's office with the door closed, in a conference room, door closed or door open, leaning over a cubicle, standing at the water cooler, sitting in the lunchroom. I mean, those all are represent different levels of formality and communication. I don't know how you commu- do that over teams. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because this is also in the storytelling that we use at mm-hmm. Storio. So, I don't know if you knew, but Storio stands for story-based tutorials. That's nice. where it comes from. And so, we use storytelling to educate people on how to use technology to work smarter. So, one of those things that you said, well, you know, this is the conversation that you have over the water cooler. Well, mm-hmm. then we teach them that, you know, if you're working within Microsoft Teams, set up a channel for social talk and guide people on here. We share everything and and tell them properly, like in this channel, we can share photos of our kids or what we did, you know, for fun during the weekend. Um, We talk about, you know, if this is a formal channel, well, then you need to limit who gets to post there. If this is just kind of strategy communication that goes out, then you limit who gets to do what in that channel. Mm -hmm. And again, if it's a very, if it's confidential, then that should be a private channel. So, the way that we construct and the way that we work with our teams and our channels needs to replicate our the real office. And you also need to think about inclusion. Um, so when we when some people you know are in the office, we cannot exclude people that are working remotely. So then we do need to use technology in a way that everyone can be involved. Right. I, and I've certainly bumped into situations where we had a team where you know, 90% of them were in the office and would sit together in a room and one or two of them would be uh, over a phone. And they always struggled to be included. And at one point I asked a couple of the team members, why don't you go back to your office and call in like they are? And as soon as they sort of had that experience of being at the far end of the call and the challenge with connecting, I think they were more empathetic for the challenges of the remote people, but eventually they became, we should all be remote. We're either all there or we're all remote. And so they stopped using the meeting room at all. And I think this is the new challenge now. Mm-hmm. We have to find a way to make the hybrid model as good as either fully digital, where everyone right. is digital, or where everyone is together in person. Because I absolutely agree with you. Right now, the, the whole the, the the digital experience when we're all digital is really good. Right. And the one where we're all in the same room is also really good. But it's the hybrid that's not great. No, still not and good enough. I know also, you know, Microsoft is investing a lot in these. I don't know if you've seen, you know, the the whiteboard drawings where you could actually see through a person standing in front of a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. And working with, with uh, tools like Surface Hub and uh, um, Teams Meet. Like, a lot of the devices um, that are really helping uh, to support this hybrid uh, model. But as of now, 
that's where we really need to invest uh, more. It's still a struggle every time. It is. Yeah. And it, but it, it is interesting to me to think in terms of what are the moments where in-person is important. When we were working with these hybrid remote teams, we also dedicated that you wouldn't always be remote. That, a, you know, a week, a quarter or a week, a year, you would come into the office too. Uh, just so that you did have some FaceTime, even though you might have been, you know, three time zones away, it was important enough to do that. And now mm. I'm thinking about everybody working from home and deciding, well, now that we can rent a safe office space or, or can go back to the office, but we're more spread out, why do we want to? Like, what are the moments that make sense to actually mm. get face to face? And those moments and those office spaces will also be very, very different because mm -hmm. I strongly believe that... The moments where we need to be together, those will be more for relationship building, for yeah. getting to know one Trust another. Building. Because I, even though we're sitting here and we can see each other and it feels like we're sitting in the same room and, you know, those very close, um, you know, where we start sharing things mm -hmm. um, that might be a bit personal or private, yeah. I think we need to be in person to start sharing those things. We're still better in person, no matter how good this technology gets. I think so too. Yeah, I tend to agree. <laughs> and and Elric, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode of Run As Radio is brought to you by the Humanitarian Toolbox. Humanitarian Toolbox builds open source software for disaster relief organizations. One of the leading projects called Two Weeks Ready helps individuals, families, and communities prepare for disasters using smartphones. HDBox builds and operates this and other applications on behalf of a variety of disaster response organizations, and they need your help. Go to htbox.org for more information or to make a tax-deductible donation. HDBox is a 501c3 U.S. registered charity. Your donations help support the creation of this life-saving software. Thanks. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Ulrika Hendlin. And we're talking a bit about what productivity looks like in 2021. I mean, we are going to get a vaccine this year. I'm pretty sure. Right? They're all making happy noises. We're recording this in uh, early December for publication in January. And there was, you know, rumors essentially or, you know, pro propositions that the first vaccines will show up in December. So hopefully by the time this is published, there are some people, presumably healthcare workers, getting the vaccine. But it's going to be months and months before we achieve herd immunity through immunization. I just wonder how many people are not wanting to go back to the office. Like For me in IT, I've gotten used to running everybody remotely. But I think this year we're going to end up in this hybrid model where some folks can be in the office and some folks can be remote. The split's going to be much more complex. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I um, I think that the, the moments where we actually go to the office, we mm -hmm. will do different things. And uh, this will definitely be, you know, what they say, the, the new normal. The new normal. But I, to, in that sense, for me as an IT person, I think in terms of hot desk will be normal. That nobody will have, because you're not going to be in the office five days a week, almost certainly. Why would you own a cube space? It makes more sense for people to be able to switch and share. Uh, and the design is going to be different. Yeah. And people will invest in better, you know, equipment for their home. Mm -hmm. You know, good screens, uh, good headsets, uh, good chairs. <laughs> yeah. All, all important. Good bandwidth. Mm, for sure. And, uh, yeah. We certainly had those conversations uh, last year uh, in, in 2020 about, uh, I, I was talking to IT folks that were going to people's homes, not going in them, sitting in the driveway in their car and fixing their Wi-Fi. 
<laughs> because that's where and, they got to. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing that I really want to emphasize here is that, yes, you need to invest in your bandwidth. You need to invest in your well-being so that you have, you know, good good hardware and, and good, good solutions and good tools. Mm-hmm. But you also need to invest in building those digital skills. Right. Because it it is not just so intuitive that everyone automatically knows how to use this. So really, you know, take that opportunity to make sure that you invest because these are the tools that that your users are using every single day. This becomes now their way of communicating. And if they don't speak that language, they will not only you know, not be productive, but they will be left out. Right. So you don't, you want to make sure that your, all of your employees feel included in this new way of working. It is interesting to think in terms of how much our IT education of the folks doing the work affects their productivity, that IT has a strong sure. influence over productivity now. And talking of productivity, this is also something that's become quite a, um, you know, a talking point. So Microsoft in October introduced something called the productivity score. Hmm. So as a Microsoft 365 admin, you can go in and you can see usage reports of how you know productive your organization is. And you can see this in different um, perspectives. You can see it both from a usage perspective, how many you know attachments are being sent, how many mm-hmm. documents are being shared, um, how many chat messages are being sent, how many channel messages are being sent. And you can also look at it from kind of a network and bandwidth and, you know, how long does it take for you to start your computer? So, so more facts around that type of productivity. Sure. Yeah, so maybe. as a, as a, as a Microsoft, you know, administrator, this is great that you have all of this data, but there have been quite a lot of discussion because you get very granular information. So you could actually look at a specific individual and see, you know, how many chat messages have they sent? How many channel messages have they sent? How many, you know, email attachments, et cetera. Right. Um, yeah. But, it, but it, 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 at least you can target the training then. Right. Sort of recognize you can target your training and we can see a productivity score. So what's Mm -hmm. great now is that we can work with an organization and we can go in and can say, look, this is what your productivity score is now. We're going to work with you. We're going to start with our training programs and we're going to build digital skills. And again, Mm -hmm. all of our training is done through Microsoft Teams or Microsoft 365. We're going to learn how to use the tools more effectively within the tools. And then we're going to look at the productivity score. We can also see, you know, people that are, you know, early adopters, that Mm -hmm. could be your champions, let's give them some extra, uh, you know, let's give them some extra sessions on how to work with breakout rooms, or how to really use whiteboard effectively to, you know, brainstorm in in a session. So we'll give them that little extra that they want, because knowledge is really, as human beings, we are wired to learn. When we learn new things, we release, you know, endorphins, and we, you know, it really, you know, we grow as human beings. Mm -hmm. So, identifying those people within your organizations that are those influencers, you know, yes, it's great for that. But again, the question is, do, do, what if this information comes, you know, is used in the wrong way uh, and for the wrong, for the wrong reasons, right. which is a valid qu- well, question. I, I think. mean, the personal identifiable information is, is important. It needs to be managed. We're also responsible for it in IT too, you know, and we, it, for better or worse, we're on the hook if, there is inappropriate behavior going on through business communications means. 
Right? We're responsible for that. So there's a reason we watch. We're not violating that by also watching to say, are people being productive and successful with the, with the tools they've got? Can we offer them additional support? And I love your idea of seeing you, you find someone who clearly has exceptional skills based on the work they're doing to support them, educate them, you know, offer them more and allow them to help others be successful as well. Like I said, if this data and if this knowledge is used appropriately, it really helps to build your organization. And let me just give you a, a quick example. One of the benefits working with teams is that you have a more transparent and a, and a more open culture in how you mm -hmm. communicate. But this also means that other people can actually see your messages, even if you're not, you know, mentioning them specifically. So this right. creates a more open dialogue, which some users might not be fully comfortable with. Well, in our organization, I tell everyone to work out loud. I tell them that, you know, everything that we do um, is, you know, unless it's something that's, you know, purely confidential, um, use conversations, use channels in teams. Don't use one-to-one -one chats for, right. for business communication. That's fine to use for, you know, do you want to go grab lunch or, you know, anyone wants to have a coffee. But otherwise, do not use chat, use our channels. And one of my employees He's a bit shy and I've been telling him, please, you know, work out loud. You know, we all want to see you're doing such great work. So share what you're doing. Right. And um, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't been showing much. And then I just went in and I saw, you know, in the productivity score and I said, oh, he's just sending so many chat messages like all the time. He's working like crazy, uh, just using so much chat. So I had a conversation with him and I said, look, I, I, I know that you're working hard. It's just that I don't see this. Can you tell me more about what you're doing? And then he's like, yeah, I had a meeting with this person. And I had chat meetings with this person. I chat with this, this, and this person. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that that mm -hmm. was going on. That's great. But could you please, um, let's open up it. Let's open up the conversations and let's make them more transparent. So that way, you know, I could use the insights into direct him in the way that he was working. It also provides more value to the business when that's a shareable conversation. So it doesn't have to be had over and over and over again. Of course, it's all about the knowledge sharing. And this is one of the one of the downsides that I see with teams and this rushed usage of teams that mm -hmm. a lot of organizations have had due to the to the pandemic is that people now have a way to communicate with each other, which is easy. So they go to chat. Right. But chat is, you know, for one-to-one -one or one-to-few conversations. And those are then creating silos. Those right. are siloed conversations that the rest of the organizations have no insights into. And that's not how you build, you know, knowledge sharing. Knowledge sharing is when you, you know, you share information. You might not know that you want to need that information right now, but if you search for it, it's there. So it's really, you know, building a foundation and a platform for knowledge sharing within your organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you actually end up documenting the institutional knowledge, how decisions Everything. were made, yes. you know, how we solve particular problems. Uh, certainly working in IT, having that chat log uh, of us diagnosing an outage, you know, Absolutely. insanely yeah. valuable, right? They, and, you know, back in the day we did it with IRC, but we, we, made, we recorded it to files because you, you, you know, that's how you taught, the leaders, it's like, look, we spent six hours figuring out what the problem was, 15 minutes fixing it. And <laughs> one is about the log, right? And mm -hmm. having that knowledge sharing and seeing the, the, you know, the solution to the problem. The other one is the, you know, uh, when 
looking at the time uh, sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So a chat message is like a phone call. It's when you need an answer right away, right. right now. But most things don't need a right now answer. Some things, you know, we can get to later. And that's the other thing with, with chat versus putting messages into a channel conversation is that you can much better plan your own time as, uh, you know, as, a, as an employee and as a user when things come into your channels instead. So you can plan when you get to them. Right. Because this is something extremely important, being able to manage your focus time. Yeah. And this, when we talk about productivity, this is so important that users put focus time where they're not interrupted. So again, put your status on do not disturb, block your calendar, right. and just use that time to do your work. It's so important. And it's interesting you say that chat is uh, expected to be immediate because it is an asynchronous communication means. You don't, you're not necessarily going to see it. The chat is still there. If you've been, even if you're in D and D mode, the chat's still there. You just won't look at it until you come out of D and D mode. I, I, as opposed to a meeting, which is synchronous. Like I, I'm really keen on this interrupting, non-interrupting, synchronous, asynchronous. Absolutely. Right. And that's so misused. I mean, I mm -hmm. speak to my, my husband and he's like, I hate chat. I hate chat. I have like 10 people sending me chats about everything. I cannot, you know, follow up because that's, again, it comes to, you know, the user behavior right. and understanding how to use the tools and how to use them effectively. Yeah. I like chat. I like having three or four different conversations going on simultaneously with different people. Like that to me is kind of fun, but I, I like thread hopping that way. What I don't like is a ringing telephone because it, it's, it's inter, it's, the, I, I've been trying to pass this message along to folks in general. It's just like, listen, a, what you're saying when you call someone unexpectedly is whatever you're doing is less important than what I need to say to you right now. Like it's, it's a very high bar to jump over. Absolutely. But I would say that, again, that, that chat is being misused in mm -hmm. so many different ways. I mean, again, I also like chat when we're working on something. We're working on something right now and we're using chat, you know, to communicate right away. But again, it really has to, to do with what means of communication do you use and also about the, the transparency and how do you then share that with, with other people. Right. Yeah, so I definitely see two different chat modes. It's like there's the synchronous chat of we are literally both looking at that screen and mm -hmm. it's text while we're doing other w work that's related to it. There's the asynchronous, hey, do you want to have lunch today that I send you at 10 o'clock? And you respond sometime in that span. And, you know, it's and it's less interrupting as opposed to calling to say, did you want to have lunch? Which is always a mistake because I'm interrupting you to check on lunch. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> I, I've come to appreciate there's no phone calls in my life that are important to me that aren't on my calendar. But, you know, I, I read an article that the, the phone calling has actually gotten a revamp now under, during, you know, after the pandemic because mm -hmm. people are a bit tired again of these digital meetings. Yeah. So, that analog, you know, phone call is really something that, you know, people enjoy. So, yeah, who I'm, knows? Maybe I'm, you'll start getting a lot more phone calls now. I agree. But the phone call, I'm doing more phone calls, but they're always on my schedule. But I'm also having people ask me specifically because we tend to go to teams on stuff. It's like, hey, do you mind doing this voice only? I want to walk my dog. Like, I still want to talk to you, but I'm going to go outside. And you, you never say no to that. It's like, yeah, go outside's a good idea. 
Absolutely. You you may be in the Middle East where it's sunny all the time, but up in the Pacific Northwest, if there's a break in the rain, I'm going to go walk my dog. Like that's a thing to do, especially in in these hard in the harder weather times. Like take the sun when you can get it. And that's another thing in terms of the well-being, mm-hmm. uh, something that has to do with the discipline. When we sit in front of computers day in and day out, it is so important to think about exercise and, you know, eating properly. And, and these are also things that, that managers need to think about and also put into, you know, your work environment. So Microsoft have, have recently introduced a, a, um, a collaboration with Headspace. So they mm-hmm. do... Um, you know, mindfulness and uh, um, meditation. And um, so um, perhaps we will see this soon, you know, coming into Teams and you have this virtual commute to work. So even if you're not, you know, going to work, you'll have that virtual commute, you know, going into your digital team in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) You talk about the cultural changes there. It would never have occurred to me until these past few months that someone might say, hey, I really want to chat with you, but can we do it voice only? I'm going to go out and walk my dog. And I'm like, I'll walk my dog too. So, I'll walk our dogs remotely together and still have this conversation that whether we should have video or not versus audio only is a part of planning a call. Exactly. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that before either. <laughs> but it's it, it does speak to a new level of etiquette. The same way we learned to manage smartphones, you know, the sort of etiquette of, hey, we're having lunch together, phones are face down, first one to flip over has to buy. Like, those are all social constructs for managing interruption. And this is super important if we go back again to what I talked about with the focus time mm-hmm. and really being re- responsible for your own time. Uh, I had a I had a customer ask, um, you know how in Outlook when you send an email, mm-hmm. how you can put a delay uh, that it's not that it shouldn't be sent until like tomorrow morning at nine a.m. Right. So we had this that oh you know you can do that so you don't send messages you know in in the evening. So he wanted to do the same thing in teams he said look i you know i go home early i um I, i'm with my kids and then when i put them to bed i want to work but right. i want to have delayed messages sent on all of my team's messages and i said look i don't think that's going to come uh, in in teams because it's a different way of working now right we are so you know international we're so spread out everyone uh, should have the freedom and also to have then the self-control to decide themselves when they want to get notifications, when they want to, you know, open up and, and see see the messages. So this goes back to the culture and this goes back to the organization mm-hmm. to really say that even if you get a message at 10 p.m. from your manager, it does not mean that you have to, you know, open up Teams and respond to that message. Yeah. It's that self discipline uh, to say that I, these are my work work hours, these are my quiet hours. And I mean, studies have shown that the, in, the stress levels have actually increased during the pandemic and mm-hmm. people work more and they're more stressed out. So this is something that's extremely important to both as a manager to work with your employees, but again, also to use the technology and to yeah. monitor, are we misusing uh, these tools and what can we put in place? to help our employees and their well-being. I have seen that in an email footer. It says, hey, look, I work at odd hours. That doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. And, and you know, and, I, and it, it, at the same time, it's like I would never consider the idea of thinking poorly about someone because he sent me an email at three in the morning. 
that's when time works for them. That's great. You know, I'm also a person who in the before times traveled so much, you didn't know what time zone I sent an email from. So, of course, it was at weird times. That's not that big of a deal. But I do think we're opening up to this idea that different people are going to work at different times. And it's okay that you work at your times. Absolutely. And I think, again, you and I being in IT, we're so used to this. Mm -hmm. But I think that there are so many organizations and so many industries that are still a bit, um, I shouldn't say old fashioned, but they're not used to uh, that level of anytime, anywhere work. Sure. So this is something that really needs to be supported um, top down to say that, look, this this is supported by our organization. You work, uh, you know, when it's convenient for you and that right. does not put pressure on anyone else. But anytime, anywhere doesn't mean all the time, everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it. You need to look after one another. Well, absolutely. It's, you know, we're more than ever aware of each other's well-being and, and need to be because it, we can easily spin ourselves into big trouble. And I'm appreciating also that it seems culturally that mental health is just becoming health. That we're destigmatizing that because we're all been challenged these past few months. And, For sure. And, and this is also something that I mention a lot is that when we talk about training and learning how to use these digital tools, it's not only to increase productivity. Mm -hmm. It's really to help users not be so stressed because it is very stressful if you have to be in a meeting and you have to present something and you don't know how to share your screen sure. or you don't know how to you know turn on your camera and share the audio of your computer when you play a video like all these things are extremely stressful yeah. if you don't know how to use the tools. So this is what we're trying to tell organizations as well. Investing in learning how to use these tools is also for the well-being, not just the productivity of your employees, but the well-being for them to feel confident enough to use these tools. Sure. Don't just reduce the friction so they can go faster. Reduce the friction so they feel better. Absolutely. Love it. Ulrika, it's so much fun to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you, Richard, for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.